Another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. I'm Steph, here with Matt. Hey, Steph. How's it going? You know, today feels like a really good day. Oh, tell me why. Well, I feel like, you know, we just um, had a really great team meeting. Mm. And there's something about the energy of bringing people together to rock on ideating what's next. Mm. And I'm feeling really charged, to be honest. Yeah. I must echo that because what I got out of the team meeting today was how much everyone around the long table is a generator and a contributor to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And it's like we run out of time because everyone has something to contribute in their own perfect, beautiful way. Um, It's real. Yeah. And it was, it's not always like that. And so Mm. the topic of today's podcast is actually you know, really related to this notion of of how do you get the people around your table that are these generators? Wait, let me just qualify. Do you feel like we don't always have team meetings as productive as today? Or do you mean not every team that exists out there? Like I have been on teams where I'm Ah. watching the clock being like, when can I leave? Right. You know? And so I recognize that not every team meeting or team composition has the people around the table like we do. The dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we wanted to riff on this. It was it really felt like a perfect podcast topic. And it's timely because we have relevant examples to share on what it's taken for us to build our team and what has gone into hiring your own team. And I think it's really what I value about our this conversation with us is that a lot of the conversations we're in with our clients is wow. how do you build your team? Totally. And we're going to flip that on its head today and be like, okay, here are two business owners that are saying, how do you hire for your own team? How, so if you're a hiring manager out there, if you're a business owner as well, and you're like, I need to bring on this person on my team, this is like, well, we are walking in your shoes today. So this isn't a, um, a how to more like, here's how we've done it. And please, please, please share what you've done. Totally. I found myself the last time we needed to make a hiring decision feeling a little bit torn, to be honest. Uh, and, and in that state, I remember pausing and saying, if Matt was a client, how would the Corker Co. reply? And that actually helped us make decisions very quickly. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you were a client, I wouldn't let you hire this person that you've ranked as a B. And then you said, well, I guess we're back to the drawing board. And that's how it happened. (laughs) So that that was neat. Let's dive in. I have an idea of a framework for this conversation. Okay. And that is um, similar to that of a a race report. Um, One of my favorite ways to look back on a race is to say, what was the highlight? What's the low light? And what have you learned? And let's just take this to not one specific hire because we've brought on several folks and have lost people along the way. So more in context to hiring a team, what are some of the highlights? What are some things we've um, loved about our own recruiting and hiring process? Mm -hmm. And then we'll go into what have been some of the not so highlights and we call those lowlights. And then of course the lessons we've learned along the way. One of my favorite 
things that I've loved about hiring um, the teams that we've had at the Corker Co is uh, the power of referrals. Mm. And so whether it be the personal trainer that I'm working with or the friends that are over for dinner on a Friday night, actually being able to tell them, hey, this is what's going on in our company and this is the type of person that we're looking for. And just knowing that the vibration we're setting, the conversation with the, the, the right people, it's like the power of referrals essentially just said, oh, I know exactly who you're looking for. Totally. And when we know our core beliefs of what we stand for at the Corker Co., the community around us also relate to those core beliefs. Mm-hmm. Like, time is precious. Change your life today. Mm-hmm. We don't work with anyone who's stagnant. Totally. And it just, like, the power of referrals and the clarity of our around our core beliefs as a company have really helped um, us find great talent. What I think is important when you mention the power of referrals is the power of the law of attraction. And to your point, the law of attraction needs a magnetic force to be drawn to. So uh, it's clear that there are certain people that are a great fit and certain people that would not be a great fit. And I think that's the law of attraction at at perfect play. So, um, you know, another thing that I would say has been a highlight is that we have been flexible and agile in our approach to hiring. So there have been certain roles that have been needed full-time, would love you in the office Monday to Friday, and other roles that have said, hey, here's a chunk of hours, spend them however you wish. Um, I think that comes, which we can speak to on perhaps some low light, but it, it has enabled us to work with talent that we might not have otherwise worked with, to get jobs done differently, um, to explore different combinations of people. Yeah, and it's and when you say combinations with people, it's people who were um, new moms, people who had just graduated, people like we got to be able to interact with different types of individuals that aren't like they they just don't fit into the nine to five box. Yeah. Yet a part time contract work actually worked really well, and we could actually um, provide some income for someone that uh, didn't fit into the nine to five box. Totally. Yeah. What else? What else has been awesome? I think a big thing was making sure we knew what was our non-negotiables in our hiring. Mm. And so when we would look at a candidate and say, do they meet all of the like, beyond the job description, beyond the role that they're satisfying, what are our non-negotiables from a culture perspective and what are our non-negotiables from a skills and talent perspective? Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, you can have a laundry list of these things, but if they're not hitting these three major pieces, will they fit? Mm -hmm. One, a huge one was health. Yeah. We didn't never want it to be in a fight match about, do you want to go for a run or how did you sweat today? Um, or the fact that McDonald's disposable cups are not allowed in the office. Yeah. <laughs> I hope McDonald's food is not allowed in your body, but that's your own choice. Yeah. <laughs> and um, then in terms of when we were looking for specific roles, if people didn't have a certain skill set or a certain passion toward an area of our business, then it's like, I'm not. we're not going to be able to teach you the passion. You need to be able totally. to have that passion. And if it didn't come across, then we obviously chose different options. 
Well, I think that's a perfect segue into the low light because the highlight is great clarity around the type of candidate that we've been looking for. And with great clarity becomes powerful decision making. The kicker is that sometimes you're in a place, you're in a bind, you have an open role, you have a list of things that we need help with. And we were coming up short that we were, you know, hitting the sort of 80% person. And the low light is where we go to. And I see this with our clients as well is, well, we could make that work. We, we can make 80% work. I mean, it's 80%. It, it's, it's okay. And we all know that the magic 20% to make it 100 is what's required. So what was it like for you meeting 80% people? And what even gave you pause for thought? Because you weren't an immediate no. You definitely considered them. What helped you sort of come, come I don't want to say come around, but you know, turn the corner to making a more powerful decision that 80% wasn't going to be good enough? The best example of this I can remember is hiring Sim full-time. So Sim is our recruiter and content expert here at the Corker Co. She recently just uh, spoke at the latest Disrupt HRYVR. We'll link to it below so you can hear how awesome of an individual she is. We're so freaking proud of that girl. <laughs> and um, she was working with us on a part-time basis first. And she was working with a number of different clients on, a, on contract. And it was time for us to bring on um, a full-time content expert. And we started putting out the feelers for all of the different applications, referrals. We were in conversation with a lot of different people that we knew in our networks already. And we were getting a, couple, uh, a few piece, people come back with interest. And they just weren't sim. And I remember being like, if we're going to elevate a part-time role to a full-time role, I want to make sure that we keep the uh, consistent experience of that person so that we weren't dipping down or making any exceptions for that. It's like the only way is up. Like if we're bringing on more hours, more expertise, like I want greater talent than less. And the closer to Sim, so Sim got a new job, a new full-time job off, off opportunity. And she told us, hey, I'm going to be leaving the Corker Co. Heartbreak, heartbreak, heartbreak. <laughs> and at the time, we're already interviewing by this point, obviously, because we are in great conversations about transition plans. And the I looked at all these candidates and I realized that I would be making uh, an exception. And you and I actually sat down and went through the, you know, our top three candidates and they all ranked at around 80%. They all ranked around like, okay, well, this person's good at this and this person's good at that. And they're not who we're looking for. And I was like, I can't. Wait, I must interject. I remember this conversation so vividly and you were impeccable and it was perfect. I also think that it's important to make note that our buy when was Friday yeah. that we were going to have an offer out on, and this was Thursday. So the recruiter in me was like, I have 24 hours to turn around a new shortlist to the CEO. <laughs> yeah, and, Timing, like, and, this was real. And so on my end, I was like, if we need to get this offer out by Friday, 
time was time is precious time is ticking so like how do we make this happen yeah and i looked at you and i was like we need sim we need sim how do we get sim and you actually texted her and we're like just a little check-in because her last day hasn't wasn't here yet and she hadn't started necessarily full-time with the other company um the other client turned employer and Friday morning. No, I think it was Thursday afternoon. It was an afternoon of Thursday. And I sat down across from Sim and I was like, listen, I want you to know that the intention of this conversation is to let you know that I want you to come onto the team full time. And like, we can have niceties and we can do this, but I'm like, what will it take for you to be on our team full time? And luckily she was like, I want to stay. <laughs> That's like, perfect. So Friday came around, a job offer went out and a job offer got signed. We still met our by when, but I think the biggest learning in that was like, I was willing, I was so close to accepting 80% in the name of get me a hire now. We have work to do. We have a business to run. We have so much on our plates already. Like we need just a body. And when I start thinking of like, I just need a person, we don't actually find the diamond in the rough that actually accelerates our business to a place that it would never be without her. Totally. So I, I think it's important to recap because I, this is my, my favorite low lights are not, or rather low light is 80% is, is in abundance. You can find a lot of almost sort of maybe B players. Yeah. Knowing what you want is really important. The beautiful thing with Sim was knowing who we wanted and if it wasn't going to be Sim, we had an actual person that we were were measuring up against. And that it's like knowing thy unicorn mm-hmm. and being able to articulate that because then it doesn't feel so mythical. Um, it, it's real. We know it exists. So we know 100% is possible. Uh, the other thing is uh, the low light, it, I would say was not getting caught up behind the eight ball, if you will, meaning not getting caught up that we'd throwing our hands up in the air that we'd already missed the buy win. I mean, you're 24 hours out. So the low light is that time, while time is precious, it can also feel like pressure Mm. and feeling like I remember those feelings in that moment of like, we've missed the buy win. There's no way an offer can go out tomorrow. We're back to the drawing board. Those feelings suck. That's not a high of recruiting. That doesn't feel great. It's not like, oh, great, we have more work. It's more like, where do we go? What, like, we've just done an exhaustive search. Uh, and then let's segue into what did we learn? Mm. Because what did we learn in that low light was that it's totally possible. Hold the faith. Have the courageous conversation. I think part of the conversation you had with Sim was, what do you think of your new boss? Right. <laughs> that was one of your winning questions. And it's so, it's so perfect. You know, if we know people are going to leave because of a, maybe not their most favorite manager, then let's go right in for the jugular. <laughs> it's not like, how's your job? It's like, tell me about your boss. <laughs> tell me about your boss. Oh yeah. Tell me more about your boss. <laughs> We're giving away all the secrets. This is how we will recruit for your company, but more so this is actually how we recruit for Team Corker. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So the learning is that a manager that's sub fabulous will make it easier for us to recruit from. Yeah. Uh, the learning is knowing thy human, mm-hmm. being courageous to ask the right questions. 
Um, what else? I think the big learning for us was also in remembering that um, on the other side of hiring is terminations. Absolutely. And they never feel awesome. And luckily on Team Corker, we haven't had to terminate any employees. We've only had to end independent contracts. And the lesson that I learned, and this was actually from you, was um, if a contract's going on for a set period of time and they're not delivering their best work, have a, we had a conversation around what will it take to give us your absolute best from now until the end of the contract. And if that's not possible, let's set another time that you feel like you can deliver your absolute best work between now and then. And if that feels too far away too, Monday's a great day to change your life. And so giving people three options to be able to say, at what, in, in which timeline can you actually deliver your best quality work? And if the answer is, it's a Friday and I won't be able to deliver my best work for you anymore and Monday is the best day to change my life and leave Team Corker, then like presenting that as an option felt so daunting on my end and at the same time so correct in terms of making sure that the team was well looked after in terms of there's no one picking up slack from people who are dropping balls and resenting it or feel guilty about doing it. Well, and the other thing that I think was very, again, courageous of you was to acknowledge that when life works, work works. And if something's broken in your life that requires your attention, acknowledge that. And the way in which you weren't passive aggressive, you weren't a jerk. I mean, there's no hostility. The right thing to do is take care of your life. Mm -hmm. And work isn't working if your life isn't working. Yeah. And one of and the things we... wait, oh, one hot second on that, because I want to acknowledge that because you were up for them living their best life, yes, it might felt, have felt like a hit to the business, yet it was the right thing to do for humanity, for humans. And yeah. when you can make decisions like that, then you're like, well, that is the right thing. And, and then you carry on. And I think we get really caught up in, I just need two more weeks and I, I, I need you for another month and what will we do? And it's like, well, you figure it out. Yeah. You know? And I think the big thing, when we talk in the manager start line, our manager training program about a manager's responsibility, and I talk about like one of the manager's key responsibilities is their health and well-being of their team. And yeah. people are like, what? No, like people need to take care of themselves. And I was like, when your employees come in sick over and over and over again, like you as the manager have to be like, this isn't okay. You can't come into work anymore. Yeah. Like you're actually impacting the rest of the team. Yeah. And we would do that for sick days. And the reality is it's like if a job was misaligned with a human and contributing to them not loving their life, that's called the health and well-being of your team as well. Yeah. And it's the like courageous conversations to say, hey, listen we're contributing to a life that we never want people to live. Yeah. So it's time for us to say, see you later in the name of you having time and space to take care of you. Totally. Uh, I think that's a great distinction because the conversation was, do you need a vacation? Yeah. Do you need some time off? Do you need some time or do you need a new job? Yeah. And that's, that's a great question to ask in the name of your health because it's not always, let's just quit. Yeah. There's always, there's always different options. So always. knowing different options, never settling for less than a hundred percent, believing in unicorns and being super courageous in conversations are probably some of my favorite cornerstones to how we've built a team that I just adore.
freaking A. Shout out to the team of Team Corker. We love you, past, present, and future. Absolutely. We're so grateful for everyone that has been a part of this journey. And at the same time, like, man, hot damn, this team is on fire right now. (laughs) (laughs) Can't keep up. (laughs) Best place to be. Uh, All right. I think that's it. We should wrap. What's making your heartbeat faster? Oh, man. Summer in Van Groovy means weekends up at our cabin in Whistler. And I can't get enough of them. Nice. Yep. How about you, bro? Um, you know what? It's Tuesday night, 6.30 p.m., Equinox, the hot power yoga class that I teach. What blows my mind is as the heat kicks in with the, the summer months, people are still showing up for instead of hitting a patio. And, like, it just means the world to me that there's a group of people that put their health in priority in a way that, like, supports each other. Amazing. Because the class is better when they show up for each other, and it's just really rad. So cool. Yeah. Rock on. Rock on. Okay. Uh, Here's to great teams. Absolutely.